Oh, such a joy to be back, and um, I thank you for coming, and all those folks who are at the graduation in LSU wish they were here. They just don't know it, but it is an honor to be to be back. Amen. I I love to be able to sit down with folks and uh, just talk about the things of the kingdom and what we do believe that God is doing in this hour. I know Pastor Lee has just shared with you recently, I just got back from Spain. We had postponed that gathering maybe two times, and I wasn't sure that it wasn't going to be postponed again. Uh, I couldn't get in to Spain and they wanted me to fly to Paris, take another flight down near the border, and try to come across the border and so forth and so on. It's like a spy novel. And I just wasn't up to being James Bond anymore. <laughs> I'm getting a little old for that. But anyway, I just, you know, I knew it was the will of God, so, we, you know, we went, and the Lord worked it out, and... Um, Amazing. A lot of young couples there, the pastors in Spain, maybe 150 total. And those, uh, it was one of those things that it didn't have to be concerned about what to say. You just had to know what to leave out. Just too much in that short of time. And I wasn't sure how they were going to respond. But it was amazing uh, what God did among us. The word of the word, word of the Lord, and many of you know what I preach and how I've been preaching for some time now. And uh, I know Pastor Lee shared that with you, but I felt like, you know, the uh, the one pastor, especially who had, uh, I guess, one of the larger churches and TV and radio ministry, but he came as a uh, favor because of his appreciation of the. Uh, Bishop Jami there, and uh, he told him, he was very honest, that I, I, I came because of respect for you. I don't know this guy. Don't know who he is. Tried to research, tried to find out. But he told him how that he had went to conferences, American preachers, well-known, and he said, I went looking to hear the Word of God for this hour. What God was saying to the church, but I did not find it. I traveled here and there to, to these uh, mega conferences and so forth, but I did not find it. But he said, here I found what God is saying in this hour through a nobody preacher, you know, unrecognized. But he said, this, I know, he said, I've never heard this in my life, but I know it's the Word of God. I know it's in the Bible. I know it's what God is saying. I, tell, I told a brother one time, I said, if you'll just go and get along with God, God has something to say. He's talking to us in this day. He's talking to a people that will hear His voice, hear, you know, that will hear the Word of the Lord, that will hear the voice of the Lord. So I just ask that you pray for us in a couple of weeks where the Lord willing will be headed to Northern Ireland and uh, 
You know, I'm excited about that. Men have been waiting a long time to be able to get in, and uh, I'm just thankful. I was able to go back to Israel in April the first time in two years. I, I packed everything in, in my apartment uh, two years ago this past uh, March. Had it all boxed up, ready to go in storage. I met with the uh, executive committee for the Church of God there in Cleveland. They were over there, and they wanted to have lunch. And so I went. To, I drove to Jerusalem, had lunch, came back, got my suitcases, flew out, and two years before I was able to get back in. But so we were. It, it was just a very exciting, stirring time for me to be able to. Uh, to go back, and the Lord willing, we're hoping to have a gathering for the pastors there uh, sometime later on this year. It's exciting times, isn't it? I want to talk a lot tonight. I want to share with you from God's Word. If you'd stand with me, Psalm 42 and verse 7. We appreciate everyone who has uh, come, everyone who has driven for some distance, our pastor Brother Kelly and all the others, I appreciate you, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward eventually sometime in the future, near future, we believe, of going there to Arkansas, and uh, just excited about what God is saying. Whoa. I uh, know sometimes things are expected of you if you preach a lot in a certain vein, once in a while, the Lord gives me the privilege and the uh, opportunity just to speak to the body. I know He gave me this. I, um, As far as I know, I never read anything in anybody's book concerning what I'm about to share with you. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody. I'm not saying this is elite and special. and I'm just saying that I know the Lord gave it to me for the body. I know it has been actually questioned before. That's why I will give you a lot of Scripture, a lot of uh, from the Word of God. But I, I believe for the body of Christ, especially the days ahead, we need to know just how far the grace of God goes. Now, I'm not preaching the grace of God tonight in this respect. Uh, certainly not your salvation. I'm not preaching the grace of God denied in the vein or, the, in, or in the area of, of even keeping you, so to speak. But it's amazing to me how that now that I am older, I see the grace of God in every aspect of His work in our lives. Everything. And tonight, this Grace of God is going to be manifested to us in a little different way, actually. The writer said, Deep calleth unto deep, and that the noise of thy water spouts all thy waves, and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life." I just call this deep, calleth unto deep. But you pray with me tonight? Father, thank you. I've always confessed uh, to the people and before you that I have no talent, I have no ability to say or do anything that would affect anybody. 
But I look to you as my source, and I pray for fresh oil and fresh unction, and that fresh unction and oil to be upon the people to hear and receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. I uh, found out some things in this that I did not know when it comes to water spouts. You know, when you live in Tennessee in the mountains, you don't see a lot of water spouts. But I researched it, and I found that there were two types. First of all, the uh, tornadic, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It comes down, it starts in the atmosphere above, and it eventually drops down to the water below. And the non-tornadic starts on the surface of the water, and it continues upward to the atmosphere. And just like the water spout either comes down from the heavens to the great ocean deep and from the ocean to the heavens, I believe that the psalmist's use of this atmospheric phenomenon to describe a spiritual reality that I am convinced is found in Romans 8, 26 through 28. Now, I know that there was never meant to be a correlation from the psalmist when he wrote that. I cannot even explain to you how... I just know the Spirit of the Lord kept putting these two verses or these verses together and connecting them long before this ever came to my spirit. Deep calleth unto deep. He described the noise of the water spout. You know, I believe in the verses that I'm about to share with you that they teach us some of the most important truths ever written for believers. I do believe that they will show us the grace of God extended in a way that I never even thought about or comprehended. And because it is a wonderful truth and glorious truth, I will use a number of scriptures. I want to look at the Greek and the Hebrew renderings of the word and then go back to some of the great old commentators and hear what they have to say about it and then also the Amplified. Now, the Amplified Bible is not a uh, you know, someone called it a new, uh, called translation, certain, of new age, but it's not. It defines the word. Now, let me go to Romans eight twenty six through 28 to give us a basis. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are called according to his purpose. Now in the Amplified, he said, So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit Himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And He who searches the heart of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit. What his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together 
and are fitting into a plan for good and for those who love God and who are called according to His design and purpose. While you and I, as believers, and because of the work of Christ at Calvary, and we stand tonight, you know, as far as before God, in right standing with the Almighty, we are also in ourselves deficient creatures who cannot even live right without that divine grace of God. Just a little on the monitor and help me a little if you will. We cannot even live right without the divine grace of God. But not only that, we can't even pray right without that same divine intervention of the Spirit. But thank God, what divine intervention that we have. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. When we don't know what to pray for, He makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now that word helpeth here in verse 26 in the Greek means to take hold of opposite together, that is to cooperate with. Mr. Matthew Hendry in his great old commentary says that it means to heave with us, over against us, helps us as one would lift up a burden by lifting over against him at the other end, to trying to pick up the same uh, log, if you will. I, I don't know what else to use, but it helps with us, with us doing our endeavor, putting forth the strength that we have. We must not sit still and expect the, expect the Spirit should do it all. When the Spirit goes before us, we must bestir ourselves. We cannot without God, and we we, he will not without us. Amen. But I don't want to just look at that particular working of the Spirit at first. I found it the most interesting thing, one of the most interesting things I ever found in the Scripture, that in verse 26, the help here is in this vein. That word intercession in verse 26 is different than the one in verse 27. In verse 26, it is only used here in this verse in all of the Bible. Now, I am not a Greek scholar, I can assure you. And I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It has on the front of it, it means hooper and tanchano in the Greek, and this is what it means. To make a petition or intercede on behalf of another, that word hooper means on behalf us, of of. We Here we see the Spirit making intercession for us. Now, folks, when I began to look at this, I had no idea where it was going, but I found the most heart-stirring thing, I, I, I'm telling you, that when I researched it and found out about this word and this type of intercession, this is what it means. It means the Spirit of God praying on our behalf even when we don't even realize that He's doing it. When I lay down tonight in that hotel bed, I close my eyes and go to sleep, the Spirit of God is constantly making intercession on my behalf to the Father. Can you say amen? 
when I get on that plane tomorrow to fly back to first Atlanta, then to Chattanooga, I, I may not be aware, I may not be thinking of it at the moment, but the Spirit of God is constantly making intercession on my behalf. The old writer said this, for we know not what. This is a specification of the aid in which the Holy Spirit renders us. The reason why Christians do not know what to pray for may be. They do not know what should be really best for them. They do not know what God might be willing to grant them. They are in great extreme ignorant of the character of God, the reason of His dealings, the principles of His government, and their own real needs. He said they're often in real deep perplexity. They're encompassed with trials, exposed to temptations, feeble by disease, and subject to calamities. In these circumstances, if left alone, they would neither be able to bear their trials nor know what to ask at the hand of God. In that, He, the Spirit, always then makes intercession on my behalf because there are times I do not know what to pray for. I do not know what to say. In fact, I have gone before the Lord and and, and aware of it greatly, and I just say, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to ask. I, I don't know how to deal with what I'm dealing with. But He works through us even at this, when we're not aware, with grown and utterings that cannot be uttered. And so then what are the depths of this deep calling unto deep on our behalf? I've often wondered. I've thought about this. Could it be that He, the Spirit, telling the Father of their of our trials? Could He be saying to God, could He be saying to the Father, Turner's going through a trial of trials. He's dealing with something He's never faced before. He, he, he's in, in, in a furnace of fire. Man, He's going through it. And then he might say to the Father, you know, Turner's struggling right now in his flesh. He's battling against something. The enemy's coming against him with temptation or, or attacking his mind. So there is a struggle going on in his life. And in that, maybe, maybe even this, when he prays, maybe they are charting the course for our future ministry. Maybe they are planning ahead you know, of what God is going to do in our lives. And then I thought about, like, you know, maybe the Father answers back to the Spirit. Well, if He's going through that great trial, I won't you to give him my word. I want you to put this into his spirit and t- take him to my word. I want to say something to him. And, and, and also, I want you to know that if he's going through this trial, to turn the fire up a little hotter. Let it, leave him in the furnace just a little bit longer. There are some things, some impurities that I want to burn out of his life. Now, if he's, str- he's struggling, I want you to give him strength. I want you to manifest my grace in his life in a way that I've never manifested that before. I, I don't know. I just know the Spirit is constantly making intercession on my behalf. That constantly he prays to the Father. The Father sends direction back to the Holy Ghost in my life. In John 16 and 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them now. In John 16, 13, how be it 
He, when the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Hallelujah. Adam Clark said He will guide you. He will consider your feeble infant state as the Father leads His child by the hand, and so will the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. It was the great commentary of Jamison Fawcett Brown. And I went to that, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. And I read this concerning these verses, and he said, As we struggle to articulate language, the desires of our heart, and find our deep, that our deepest emotions are the most inexpressible, we groan under this felt inability. But not in vain are these groanings, for the Spirit Himself is in them, given to the emotions which He Himself has kindled, the only language of which they are capable, so that our own, that, that though on our part they are the fruit of impotence to utter what we feel, or we, we really don't know what to say, we feel like we cannot articulate, but they are at the same time the intercession of the Spirit Himself on our behalf. I had a mother call me some few years ago. I'd known this family a long time and loved them very closely. They were very close to me. And there was this situation in the family that was beyond words. And, of course, I cannot share it, but it, was, uh, it, it devastated me. I, I would, when I first heard the news, uh, in, you know, some months prior, I went upstairs and just turned the lights out, and I sat there in my chair, and I wept like a child. I was so broken because of what had happened in the life of this particular individual, and so the mother called me, and things really went south, as the old saying is. It got, it was unbelievable. I, 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 if I told you, it, it, you would look at me like, are you sure this happened? It happened. It, and this mother said to me on the phone, she was crying, and she said, Brother Turner, I feel so inadequate because when I get down to pray, all I can do is moan and groan. And I replied back to her and I said, Oh, my sister, that don't, don't feel bad about that because that is the Holy Ghost. I said, that is the Holy Ghost. He, he makes intercession on our behalf. That is the Spirit of God making intercession. When you do not know what to say, when you do not know what to pray, He makes such intercession. Folks, can we somehow let that register in our hearts and our minds? That I tell them, how can we lose when God has everything covered in our life? When we do not even know how to adequately pray, about the situation. When we are faced with something that we do not know how to even take it before God, the Spirit of God begins from deep within to groan and moan within us. When we cannot articulate words and we feel like, man, I, I, I have failed. I don't know what to say. No, listen, the Spirit of God is making that intercession. The direct hand of God this is a little out of the out of out of the bounds of this, but man, I, I read, I found in Psalms thirty-seven twenty-three, where he said, "The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way." 
And I researched that and found that the, the word good was added by the translators. It was not in the original language. It just, it just simply states in the original that the steps of man are ordered by, by the Lord. And in the Amplified, I went to the Amplified, and I love this, the way it says, it said, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord. When He, God, delights in His, your way, in His way, I love this, listen, and He, God, busies Himself with His every step. Oh, you didn't get it. He busies Himself with His every step. Constantly the Spirit making intercession on my behalf. And, the, and God the Father busying Himself with every step that I make every day of my life. I remember years ago that Brother Clinton told the story how when he was pastoring the church at Beaumont, and he said one day he, received, he went to the hospital actually to visit someone that attended the church. But he had been praying and asking the Lord to guide his every footstep, to direct his every, every footstep. Lord, you, you, you guide me. You direct me. But he goes to the hospital that day and he visit, visits the person, the member of his church. But as he starts out of the room, into the hallway, he hears the Spirit of the Lord say to him, I want you to go down. I'm going to make up something here because I don't know what floor. I can't remember that. We'll say the fourth floor in room number 27. But he said the Lord spoke to him and said, you go down to this floor and you go to this particular room. And he said, I went, punched the button on the elevator and I went down to say floor number four. And I turned and he said, I went down the hallway and there to the certain door uh, uh, that the Lord told me to go to. And he said, I had no idea what I was about to find, but he said, I knocked on the door and heard a man's voice on the inside say, come in. He said, when I opened that door, it was two of my backslidden members that had been away from God in the church for years. And when I walked in, she, the, the wife, lay in there in the bed and said her stomach looked like that she had a beach ball under it with a sheet pulled over it. She had ovarian cancer and a large tumor, and they'd given up on her, and there was no hope for her. Eat up with cancer. And he said, I walked over there, and he, they began to cry, both of them immediately, and said, Brother Clendenin, what are you doing here? Who told you that I was here? And he said, God told me you were here. God sent me to pray with you. And first of all, he said, I led them both back to Christ. They both repented and gave their hearts back to the Lord. He said, I laid my hand on that woman's stomach, and it was instant. It was as if you took a needle and punched that, like a, punched a beach ball, and it immediately went down under the sheet, and God healed her completely of cancer. He said, I walked out of that room. He said, man, I was rejoicing in the Lord. And he said, he said you know, said, all of a sudden I heard the Lord's voice again. Say, don't take the elevator, take the stairs. And he said, man, I walked to those stairs. And he said, I opened that door. And I'm thinking, what am I going to find in this stairway? What's awaited me here, God? He said, the moment my foot touched the first step, the Lord said to me, if you let me, 
I'll guide every step you take. If you'll just allow me, I'll lead you every foot of the way. I'll lead you every step of the way. Constantly, intercession of the Spirit of God praying on my behalf. I'm, I'm telling you folks, there's no way to lose with this. He said He delighteth in His way. The general idea is that He is the object of divine favor and is under the care of God. Mr. Henry said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, by His grace and Holy Spirit. He directs the thoughts, the affections, and, and, and the designs of good men. He, he has all hearts in His hands, but theirs by their own consent. By His providence, He overrules the events that concern them, so as to make their way plain before them. He said, Both that they should do and what they may expect. Observe, God orders the steps of a good man, not only His way in general, by His written word, but His particular steps, by the whispers of conscience, saying, This is the way, walk in it. He does not always show Him His way at a distance, but leads Him step by step as children are led, and so keeps Him in a continual dependence upon His guidance. Can you say amen? But then when you get to verse 27, the word intercession, you take the hooper off the front of it. And when you take the hooper off the front of it, it means primarily to fall in with, to meet with in order, to converse, to make petition, especially to make intercession, to plead with a person, namely the Holy Spirit pleading, on our behalf and through us with groaning and utterings that we cannot even understand. I was preaching up in eastern Kentucky. And the pastor, I had known him for many years, and as I was preaching, I shared this statement. And when I looked over in the chair, he was sitting on the stage, he had this strange look on his face. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to be questioned about what I'm saying. But when it was after the meeting was over, it might have been the next morning, it could have been that night, but he said to me, he said, I'm going to tell you what happened. I want you to know why I had this strange look last night. I want to tell you what took place. I, if I had heard of this incident, I, I couldn't remember it. He said, I think it had been in the past year. He said, a friend, of, he said, I went through this particular time. And he said, in my prayer life, that every time that I prayed, it was violent. He said, I don't know how else to explain it. He said, if I prayed over the meal at home, I prayed in the Spirit. I prayed violently. I was repeating the same words in the Spirit, unknowledgeable to him what he was saying, and I was heaving absolutely heaving this prayer in the Spirit out of me. He said, when I would get to church and they would want me to pray for someone who needed healing for the body, I laid hands on them and the same thing happened. I said knowingly the same words, didn't know what it was, but I know, said the same words. I was heaving and groaning at the same time. He said, every time I pray, no matter where it was, in no, whatever kind of a situation, it was that. He said, I begin to doubt my own sanity. He thought, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind. There's something wrong here. 
But he said, after a while, this was about a month that this had taken place, but he said, one day, my friend in the church, my best friend and member in that church, he and I planned to go on a fishing expedition locally. We went to the sportsman store and we bought waders, brand new, in a package, sealed. We got those waders and we go to one of those creeks there in Kentucky and get ready to go fishing and we open up the waders and take them out of the plastic bag. And when we did, I found that mine had a tear in the knee. I was not able to wear them, of course, no use to me. He said, my dear brother, my closest friend in the church, he put his on and waded out in the creek. And I said to him, now listen, don't you be careful where you put your feet. Make that, those steps. There are pockets in this creek, and, and, and there's holes. And if you drop off in one of those with those waders on, you, you're dead. You're gone. They'll fill up with water. He said, be very careful where you step. Well, I'm telling you, brother, he was fishing for a little while. The next thing you know, he heard him, and he had stepped off in one of those holes. Immediately, that water began to fill over those waders. Later on, they did a study because there was issues with the company and so forth. They determined that those waders filled up with at least 500 pounds of water. And he said, I jumped in the water. I, I tried my best to save him. I pulled at him, and he fought back at me, and he said, Don't do that. You're going to drown us both. Let me. He said, I couldn't move him. I couldn't get him up. The weight was so heavy that I couldn't move him. He said, I, I pulled my belt off and tried everything to do it, but I couldn't save him, and I watched him drown before my eyes. A member of my church, my best friend, drowned before my eyes. It devastated me. He said, it wasn't long after that. I was sitting in my home one night and said, I was just so down. I was so disturbed about what had happened. And he said, all of a sudden that night, the Spirit of the Lord came into that room. And he began to show me in a vision that incident. And he showed me, he showed me me drowning. Me drown, him drown. He said, he showed me that night. He showed me. He said, I saw myself praying. The Spirit took me back to those times over a meal, laying hands on somebody in the church and praying, or praying at night, or praying and seeking God. I would repeat the same phrases in the Spirit over and over and over, heaving violently. And he said, when that happened, all of a sudden, as I heard that in the Spirit, the language of the Spirit, he opened my spiritual ears and let me hear in my in English and hear what was he was saying. He was it was the Spirit saying, I have petitioned God for thy soul. I have petitioned God for thy soul over and over and over. He said for a month prior to that, the Spirit had petitioned the Father for me. But to, somehow the plan, you know, of God. God, in that direction, the Spirit prayed, don't let him drown. Don't let him be the one that drowns. Spare him. Save him. He said, I petition God for thy soul. Can you say amen? He helps us. Helps us 
in the fact that in verse 27, He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Scripture said He helps our infirmities. In the Greek, firmities, athenia, it means feebleness of body or mind. Moral frailty, disease, sickness, and weakness. Aren't you glad that when we come to the days and our body might be ravaged with disease, maybe it's ravaged with cancer or it's ravaged with something else, that God does not forsake us? God does not say, you know what, you're not, you don't have a very useful vessel anymore. I think I'll just kind of put you aside over here and let you go because you're really of no benefit to me whatsoever. But the Spirit of God never ceases to pray on our behalf. You may be in a coma. You may be lying in bed. You could have been there for 10 years laying in some uh, uh, home somewhere in a coma, not able to even know that you're in the world. But I can assure you, if you have the blessed Holy Ghost in your life, He has. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will never quit making intercession on your behalf. I had an old dear friend. I'm telling you, I loved him. I preached for him much when I was a young evangelist and he was a praying man he got up early every morning and he prayed and sought the lord but as the years went by and finally retired from the pastoral ministry and they moved back to tennessee and this this was the story that was shared with me after some years he got alzheimer's a very severe case of it and he got to the point that his precious wife couldn't take care of him anymore so they put him in a home and in that home, he didn't, to my understanding, he didn't know really who he was. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know that he was a preacher. He didn't know his wife. He didn't know anyone. And so the family, some of them lived in different states, and several of them were in the ministry. So they all decided to come. They were going to have a day with, with him, and uh, uh, the home offered them a large room, and the grandchildren, the children, the son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, and the little wives, she all, they came together. Now, this man was a man of God. I, I know that. I've known him for, I knew him for a long time. I've stayed in their homes, and, and I've preached for him when I was a young evangelist, when my children were small. But he he was in this situation. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know who his wife was. He didn't know his children or his grandchildren. He didn't know he was a preacher. But they brought him out and into that room where they were all gathered around, and so they're laughing and talking and reminiscing about old times and so forth. And they said he just sat there looking around like, who are these folks, you know? And said after a while, he just jumped up and stood up and walked toward the door. But they said when he got to the door, he threw his... Now listen, he didn't know who he was. He didn't know he was a preacher. He didn't know his children. He didn't know his wife. But they said when he got to the door, he threw his hands up toward heaven and looked up, and the Holy Ghost began to witness through him. Still making intercession on his behalf to the Father God Almighty. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will go with you all the way even to the end of the world. Verse 27, he that searcheth, the Greek, in the Greek it means the ideal of inquiry, to investigate. Think about that. That is the Spirit inquiring in our hearts and our souls, investigating. 
doing detective work for God. The heart here in the Greek thoughts, feelings, the mind, and the mind in the Greek inclination or purpose of the Spirit and God. In Psalm forty four twenty one, shall not God search this out, for he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Now when we get to verse twenty eight, I'll create a little a little push. And it's okay. I've come to the age where that um, I sometimes now shoot sacred theological cows. And if people don't agree, that's okay with me. I, I love you. I have friends that don't always agree, I'm sure, but I'm going to shoot a theological sacred cow tonight. I've never read this. I've never heard anybody say it. And I guess that's the reason I get this little look. And sometimes I have received a little pushback. Mr. Clark in his old commentary said, According to the will of God, according to the mind, the intention. He said, let me read the verse. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Mr. Clark said, according to the intention or design of God, and thus the prayers which we offer up, and the desires which subsist, and the unutterable groanings are all such as are pleasing in the sight of God, so that God, whose is the Spirit and who's acquainted with the mind of the Spirit, knows what He means when He leads the saints to express themselves, listen now, in words, in desires, in groans, in sighs, or tears. In each, God reads the language of the Holy Ghost and prepares the answer according to the request. You got that last one, didn't you? The tears. I was in a count meeting. I'm to be there again a couple of years, but I'm to be there again this uh, next month. And I was one of the morning speakers in this this particular year. Most years I have been. And I was sitting on the front, and the early morning speaker was preaching. I've known him a long time. I knew of the circumstances. I did not know the complete story as he lived in another state. But he was preaching. Man, he was preaching. So he began to share the story, the testimony of what happened. His youngest son was about the age of my youngest daughter. And they traveled in a travel trailer, evangelized mostly in their movement for many, many years. They uh, educated the boy, you know, and, uh, and he grew up. But something happened. I, I don't know what happened, but something happened. And this young man went away from God. There were some issues, severe issues that arose It created a lot of problems there, and I don't want to get into all that, but man, the conflict and the issues were were very severe. And so one particular day, it was so severe and gotten so bad that the evangelist stayed behind and had stayed at home and was dealing with this. And one day, the young man got so, it got so bad. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. It got so bad, it was as if he was going to harm 
the parents. You were talking about a boy raised in the Pentecostal movement and revivals and traveling and so forth and and good parents. It got so bad and so severe they had to call the police. And when the police came, the situation escalated. I don't know all the details. I'm listening to what he's saying that day. I'm on the front seat. I'm watching the expression of the crowd that morning, the large crowd in that auditorium. And he was telling how that the situation escalated, but before it was over, they tased the boy, I think, three times. Didn't stop him. They shot him and killed him. He died. A Pentecostal preacher, boy, raised in the church. And he died. And the evangelist said, I held my boy in my arms as his life left his body. And he said, I went back out after all. He was taken away and the police had left and the rain had come. And I watched my boy's blood washed away by that rain. Here's where I'm going with this. He said, I wept in the Holy Ghost. I cried in the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm sitting there on the front, on this side. I'm looking back over the faces of the people in that congregation. I see they're sympathetic. I see the pity. But when he made that statement, I could also, I've learned to read people's faces after all these years. After all that, I, I saw on their faces like, yeah, sure, you don't cry in the Holy Ghost. But I wanted to jump up. I didn't do it, but I wanted to jump up and say, yes, you do. Yes, you can. And God knows the language of tears. It was Dottie Rambo that sang that great old song, the tears are a language that God understands. I don't know what revealed that to Dottie, but I can tell you it's a fact that tears are a language of the Holy Ghost. That He reads those tears and He reads those cries and sighs and groans. And the old writer said, from all this we learn that a fluency in prayer is not essential to praying. A man may pray most powerfully in the estimation of God who is not able to utter even one word. The unutterable groan is big with meaning. God understands it because it contains the language of His own Spirit. Some desires are too mighty to be expressed. There is no language language expressive enough to give them proper form and distinct vocal sound. He said such desires show that they came from God. And as they came from Him, so they express what God is disposed to do and what He has purpose to do. What a God. How can you lose with grace like that. And when I, don't know, when I don't know how to pray, He maketh intercession through me on my behalf. When I cannot express myself fluently or even at all articulate my prayer, 
that I am under such a load, or I don't know, even when I am not even aware, I am not trying to pray, I'm not thinking about praying, that the Spirit of God is constantly making intercession on my behalf, and that God is constantly in touch with the Spirit of God in my life, and talking back and forth, and making plans, and dealing, and working things out, and preparing myself, and busying Himself with every step that I make. How can you lose like that? How can you? Verse 28, all things. In the Greek, it means the pause, the whole. Now, this is where I get a little edgy. And it's okay. You can take it home and think about it. But I'm going to preach it the way I believe that the Lord gave it to me. This verse is not. It, it could mean, but it's not here in this context talking about what most of us preachers and Christians quote it as. It's not talking about a car wreck leaving tragedy and death when we don't know what else to say. It's not talking about when someone is a victim of some dreaded disease and we don't know how to, maybe they're too young we feel like to die. It's not the aftermath. Of say a tornado comes through and, and on one side of the street you have a family that loves the Lord and they're at church every Sunday and the kids are involved in the things in the house of God and that tornado takes the whole family out there. They all die. But right across the street you got a family making meth in the basement and they all live and not a shingle is blown off the roof. And we, so we say, well, you know, good, all good things work together. Well, I, you know, personally, I don't believe that's, a, I believe that I'm going to show you that's not what it's talking about. Not at all. The pause, the whole, what is it then? What is it that he's talking about? All things work together for good. What things working together for good? The Spirit knowing the mind of God and God knowing the mind of the Spirit. The whole, the pause. You wanted to keep your cow, didn't you? It may mean, I'm just telling you here, it means the Spirit knowing the mind of God. And God knowing the mind of the Spirit. And all these things working together for good. For you and I. Deep. Calling unto deep. Oh, I've got to quit. I was a young Christian. Wasn't married at the time yet. Uh, my early year, early time as a Christian, I said years, but at least for a while, was a struggle. I'd been a drug addict for years. I'd been a drug pusher for years. My brother died in the summer of 1978 on one Friday summer afternoon while awaiting trial for drug charges. He was 31 years old, almost. I was 18 at the time, and... 
But when I got saved and delivered, I knew I was born again. The Lord instantly delivered me. But there was this struggle. You know, we lived in a small town, a lot of, you know, rural area, but a lot of drugs, a lot of pulling, constantly pulling. But I loved the Lord. I was free. And I went to a church. There were some wonderful people in that church, a very old line, Pentecostal church. You know what old line means? Very conservative. And I was going to that church, but there was a group of people in that church. Now, they were not uh, older saints. They were mostly younger ones that really became, they felt like they were called to be God's policemen. Have you ever seen any God's policemen? They're not the good kind. And man, they came after me. Uh, they did. They they wore me down. It After the service, they would come up. I mean, folks, I had been delivered. I wasn't delivered out of Sunday school, you know, putting chewing gum under the old pews in the Sunday school. I was delivered from hell. The vilest human you could imagine, I'm, I'm telling you. But they came after me, and they, man, they, they, they came at me because of, I parted my hair in the middle. I had hair then. A lot of it, black, thick. But I, I, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not, my wife would tell you, I'm telling you the truth. I, I parted my hair in the middle, man. They came after They didn't like that. They, a lot of things they didn't like. It was just constant bombardment, and it was like, you know, you're not sanctified. You're not holy. You don't love the Lord, and the Lord don't love you like that, you know. And it wasn't just that. It was other things, you know, that they were very displeased with. And so at first, you know, I was able, and my pastor, man, he was a good old man. He loved God, and he, in fact, they, they, they eventually broke that uh, split part of the church off of that, but... They, they came after me at the end of the services. They wore, and finally, it caught me in one of those low places. Low. And I was out one night. I was coming home, and I was driving to the house. And my mother and stepdad, my dad died when I was a little boy, was already in the bed. And I had to work the next morning. I had to get up at three-something, travel across the mountain. So I... I came in and I, I went. I, I, I went in. I was so heavy with this, and so grieved by it, and the enemy was using it against me and against my mind, and and I was I, I was so worn out with it. And I came in to that little bedroom and that home, and I just fell down on my knees and lay across that bed, and I wept like a child. I groaned. I moaned. I, I didn't really know how to pray. I was so full of grief and moaning and groaning and weeping so hard. And I said to God, I said, listen, these people say that I'm not a Christian. 
They say that I don't love you, that you don't love me the way that I am, that I'm not holy, that I'm not sanctified. And, and God, I said, they, they're constantly telling me that. And I said, you know, I, I believed in my heart that I loved you and you, you have changed me. But I said, I want to tell you something. There's one thing I will not be, and that is a hypocrite. If you don't love me, and if I don't love you, then I, tomorrow I'm going back to that world. What I told him. I'm going back to that world. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. But I said, tonight you've got to talk to me. And here's what I said. Now, folks, I don't want to tell you that it ever happened again. It hasn't. But one time in my life and before God, I'm going to tell you what happened. I don't know if you would have heard it. I can't say. I just know that I did. I said, I don't want you to talk to me in some still, small voice. I said, and I'm weeping, I'm groaning. I, 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 I don't know how to pray about it. And I said, I want to hear you in an audible voice. I want you to tell me that I'm yours and that you're mine. I want you to, I've, I've got to know tonight because tomorrow I'm gone. I won't live like a hypocrite. I won't be a hypocrite. If they're right, then I'm going back. And I wiped the tears from my eyes. It didn't stop them, but I got up. And I lay down in that bed. It was darkness there. And I lay down in that bed. And I did not go to sleep. But as I lay there, so help me before God. You know, we're talking about over 40 plus years ago. But this is what happened as I lay there. I, I began to hear music and sound, some type of singing. But I knew that it was not of this world. And I'm thinking, what is that? The window's not open. The neighbors, it was a, a cool, colder weather on the mountain, and the neighbors weren't playing music, I was sure. And, and I thought, what is that sound? It's beautiful, but I don't know where that's coming from. And as I lay there, I begin to feel something strange happening in my body. And I thought, my God, I'm dying. The Lord's killing me. I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I don't know. And I'm feeling this in my body. And I, thought, I first thought, I thought, I, I'm, I'm dying. Then I thought, no, I'm having an out-of-body experience. I don't know what I'm having. I'm, something's taking place here. And then I heard a voice. It was not an audible voice, but I heard the voice say, Daryl, you're in the presence of the Son of God. Man. I thought to myself, this has really gotten serious here. There's something going on here I've never experienced in my life. I was raised in that Pentecostal church, but nothing. And I'm laying there. Then all of a sudden, I cannot say you would have heard it. But I'm going to tell you as audible as I know any way possible, I heard God say in that room, Daryl, have I not said to you in my word that I would never leave you, that I would never forsake you, that I would go with you all the way even to the end of the world. The next morning, I got up and all my life as a boy and even as a drug addict, if I'd come home, my mother always going to have breakfast. She's up at three something in the morning before I go to work. I've eaten and I've come back to the one one little bathroom in our house. It was an old coal mining house. And I came back and I was standing there with the door open at the sink. And I was preparing to get ready to leave to go to work to catch the van. And my mother came. She was broken hearted over what 
had happened, what was taking place. She was very concerned about my life and my and what it was doing to me. And she and when I stood there, I said to her, "Mama, don't don't worry about that anymore. God talked to me last night." Groanings and utter came up out of me, laying over that bed that I had no idea. If I could guess, I would possibly say the Spirit was saying, Father, you got to talk to him tonight. This boy is gone. He cannot bear this anymore. And you said you would not let more come upon him than he was able to bear. Talk to him. Make an intercession. Would you stand? Cannot tell you since how many times since those days that I have come to the place that I did not know how to articulate the words. I could not express them. I could not vocalize them. I, I couldn't. I just wept, broken. Always in that inability to express myself. A grand scheme was being played out that God had given to us believers by His grace. The Holy Spirit making intercession on my behalf. And God knowing the mind of the Holy Spirit. I can walk away from this, but I don't want to. And then the fact that I don't want to, I how can I lose with that kind of a God and such grace being manifested in my life? I can tell you, would not have been hard to come down here with a message about the eternal purpose and the church making known the manifold wisdom of God. And the, but when Pastor Lee asked me, this is what came to my spirit for this Saturday night. I believe some folks here, First New Testament Pentecostal Church, needs to know that God, by the Spirit, makes constant intercession on your behalf and he will keep you by his grace.